Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Amen. If you have your Bible with you, I want to invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. And we are in week two of a three-part series of messages entitled Christmas Is. And let me, let me just start this morning with a, just a little bit of a poll here. How many of you have been sentenced to a life of Hallmark movies for the last several weeks? You know, one of, one of the things that, that I've noticed um, in these movies, first of all, they're all the same movie. It's just, just different names and faces. But the second thing I've noticed in all these movies is before this thing is over, at some point, somebody's going to say, Christmas is. And they're going to begin to define for you what Christmas is or what their version of Christmas is. So I wanted to take that same concept and go to the Scripture and not define Christmas from the stand or the viewpoint of nostalgia or tradition or any of those things, but from the actual events that happen surrounding Christ's birth. So last week we talked about how that Christmas is a season or a time for preparation, for preparing our hearts to receive the grace that God has given us. And this week we're going to take a look at the fact that Christmas is a time for seeking Christ. Christmas is a time for seeking Christ. Now, you may have noticed along or you will notice along the course of this, uh, of this series that these are definitely not in chronological order by any means. As a matter of fact, if I could say anything, we're probably working backwards in time uh, as we arrive at our third message because the first message was the latter part of Scripture and we're, we're backing up here in the context of time. But nonetheless, if you have your Bible with you there, Matthew chapter 2, I want to begin reading for you some of the Christmas narrative here beginning in verse 1. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 begins this way and says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judea are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring word back to me that I may come and worship him also. And when, the, when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them until it stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. 
And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, there's just a few things that I want to point out to you about these wise men and their journey in seeking the Lord. And can I tell you today that regardless of your age, your station, your space in life, that you should be actively, vigilantly, and diligently seeking the Lord in your life. No matter where you are, no matter if you're a new believer, no matter if you are somewhat of a, a seasoned or a mature believer, no matter what is going on in your life, you know, sometimes we, we seek God seasonally. Uh, we, we seek him when we face difficult things in our lives. We seek him when we have big decisions that we need to make. We seek him when there's adversity in our way or an obstacle that we need to overcome. But otherwise, we're not as diligent in the practice of seeking the Lord. But I want to tell you today, wherever you are in life, it's your time, it's your season to be seeking the Lord. To be seeking not just the hand of God, but the face of God, the presence of God in your life. Now there's a couple of things that I want to point out to in this story, uh, or call to your attention in this story, to help you understand, because I believe what the wise men faced, some of their challenges uh, that they were up against in seeking the Christ, is some of the same challenges that we face oftentimes in our, in our lives as we are, are seeking after God or we're, we're in pursuit of the things of God. The number one thing that I want to point out to you here about the story of the wise men and their seeking the Lord is this, that this wasn't a breaking story. It wasn't a new development. It seems new to us because when we're reading here, we're reading in the, in the gospel accounts and it's the gospel accounts of the birth of Christ is what we would call rapid fire succession. I mean, it's just, you know, the first couple of chapters in Luke and the first couple of chapters in Matthew and it's, you know, it's all done, it's over with. And, and we, we see the census being taken, this, this migrant band that's moving towards Bethlehem and we hear the angelic announcements and all the shuffle and the bustle and, and, and all that stuff and the busyness of life, but that is not the context in which the wise men sought out the Lord. When I, when I mean by, what I mean by it wasn't a breaking story is that even though I understand the heart of the piece in that all the characters mentioned by Scripture are represented in the scene, if you've ever looked at a nativity set or seen the portrayal, you'll notice that there's several characters present there. There's Mary and Joseph. There are a few cattle. There's a humble little manger that's there with a babe in the manger. You'll see the shepherds. And by the way, you'll also see the wise men there. But that's not the way it happened. That's not even what Scripture tells us. And, and don't understand me. There's nothing wrong with that because I, I'm not suggesting to you this morning that you condemn your nativity scene as heretical and throw it in the garbage or take it, you know, take it out of your yard or whatever the case is. Uh, I've actually run into some people who suggested that, that you know, we shouldn't observe the traditional nativity sets because they're not scriptural. But it is a portrayal 
of those that came to, to seek out the Lord at his birth or soon thereafter. You know, it would be impossible to tell the whole Christmas story, including the wise men, in a singular scene otherwise. So I understand the heart, and, and I believe we have no less than three nativity scenes displayed in our home right now. So we're, we're good with that. The only thing I'm saying here is that the wise men didn't find Jesus as an infant lying in a manger. The scripture before us is quite literal when it says, and when they had come into the house. When they had come into the house. There was no angelic choir. Understand this. There, there was no angelic choir. All of the hype, all of the, all of the stuff that we see surrounding uh, you know, the, the, the portrayal of Christmas, there was none of that. It was, it was relatively quiet at this point. In the, in the history of the city, Bethlehem. It was back to business as usual. The excitement, the scurry, it was all over. No, no busy city with a census. In fact, based on the passage before us and later scriptures, when we see Herod given the decree to kill all the babies two years old and under around, in and around the Bethlehem region, most scholars agree that Jesus was most likely a toddler by the time that the wise men actually found him. I point this out today because there was probably a time in your Christian walk when you were more inclined to seek the Lord than you are today. I, I know that this statement may seem counterintuitive and I know that there's something to be said for maturity. Because the more we mature in the Lord, the more we understand, the more we learn to rely on him for what we need and we seek him in our lives. I get that. I understand that. But there's also something to be said for familiarity. There's also something to be said for when the excitement passes. You remember when you got saved? You stood there in the pew or behind the chair or wherever it was and the Spirit of the Lord was dealing with your heart and you were so convicted and you just you felt so moved and you, you found yourself at a place of repentance. You came to that place of repentance and you knelt before the Lord and you began to cry out and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Wash me from my unrighteousness. Come into my heart. Lord, I make you the Lord and King of my life. Amen. And when you came up from that place, you felt different, didn't you? You felt different. You felt, you know, I never shall forget the day when all the burdens of my heart were rolled away. You, you got up, if you were in church in that moment, all that you wanted to do was turn around and hug about 50 people. Right? Because something had changed. It was new. It was, a, it was fresh. But then as time goes on, sad to say that that freshness seems to kind of wear off of us a little bit, doesn't it? We become familiar. What was brand new, what was exciting, what, was, what we were passionate about can become, if we're not careful, the ordinary and the mundane. Although that should never be the case as it relates to what Jesus has done in our lives. The word says that his mercies are new every morning. So when we first got saved, we knew we were weak. We knew we couldn't make it without the help of the Lord. 
And let's face it, we, they were, we were often, there were times when we were more zealous as new converts than we are today. All you have to do is live on the mountaintop of victory for just a little while. And you might begin to feel like that you got there under your own power. All you've got to do is kick one habit. All you've got to do is grow to a certain plateau and you, you just feel like you've arrived. And all of a sudden, the grace of God in our lives is not the new thing. It's not the latest breaking story. We can become so impressed with ourselves and all the things that we've learned about Christianity and the way we've learned to do church that we forget about our need of Christ. And you say, Pastor, that's nuts. And I say, is it? You know, because we've, we've learned to do Christmas without Christ. There are many, even among the ranks of the believers, whose Christmas celebrations have more to do with nostalgia and tradition than it does with the birth of Christ. And can I add to that as well? There are, there are those whose Christianity has more to do with ex the experiences of yesterday than it does with the reality of a viable relationship with the Lord today. Things I've experienced in the past, I'm living on yesterday's manna or trying to survive on yesterday's manna, but God has something fresh and God has something new for me right now, today. It wasn't enough for the wise men to hear the news from, if you read enough different people, you'll get enough different opinions, but nonetheless, it wasn't enough for the wise men to try to survive on the news from as little as 40 days before all the way up to maybe two years after. They needed that experience for themselves. They needed to seek the Lord. Let me, let me hasten to add this. Just because you can see the footprints of yesterday doesn't mean that you know the plan for tomorrow. And, and God wants to do more in your life tomorrow than ever before. So we need to seek him right now like never before. In the context of the wise men seeking Jesus... This story that a Savior had been born in Bethlehem was, at this point, old news. Don't ever let Jesus become old news to you. Seek him today. Seek him today as you did that first few weeks, those first couple of months after you first got saved. Seek the Lord with your whole heart. The second thing I want to point to you here is this, that it wasn't a short distance. How far was it from where the wise men came? It's largely agreed upon that the magi, or wise men as they're called in our text here, came from somewhere around the region of Babylon, or in our modern times, the area of Iraq, and they traveled to Bethlehem. Now, it was a distance that could have been as little as 600 miles but it could have been as much as a thousand miles depending on the exact locations and the routes that were chosen to travel from point A to point B. Now all that being said, they did all of this probably in a caravan of camels. The camels in generally move somewhere between three and five miles an hour. So do that math. Let me, let me tell you something. I shudder at the thought of a 600-mile car trip. 
Come on. I mean, I mean, we're looking at 10, 12 hours in a car. Right? It's almost time at that point to purchase some airline tickets. You hear what I'm saying? Because we, we need to get there in a, in a hurry. The wise men didn't come by plane, train, automobile. They probably came in a camel caravan. Not a Dodge caravan. A camel caravan. Now I want you just to imagine with me just this morning. Just go ahead and close your eyes and imagine with me. When we leave this place, when, when we say the closing prayer and we're dismissed... You're going to leave here, you're going to go out, and you're going to get in your car, and you're going to travel to somewhere in or around the Peninsula Florida district. That's roughly six to 800 miles, depending on where you land along in there. And you're going to do it on a camel. How many of you are fired up? Ready to go. I'm selling tickets for $100 a head at the door when we... No, I didn't think so. We're, we're not going to take the time this morning to consider all the time that this trip could have taken or how long it took or how short it was because quite honestly, you can find arguments suggesting the wise men's visit, as I said, as early as 40 days after the birth of Christ all the way up to two years. But today, let's talk about distance and let's talk about terrain. I don't care how you cut it, 600 miles on a camel is a long way. Any length of distance across a desert is a long way. And seeking the Lord and his will for your life and following him will sometimes feel that way. It will seem that way. You will walk through some dark valleys and you'll all also reach the summits of some awesome mountains, but you will walk through some of the most perilous times. As the hymn writer said, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. It's not always an easy journey is what I'm telling you this morning. But the wise men weren't deterred, and for you and I today, we need not be deterred as well. When you face hardship, when you face adversity, it doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God necessarily. Sometimes it means that you are perfectly in line with where he wants you to go. I think it was Tony Evans that said, no relation, but I think it was Tony Evans that said one time, if you get up in the morning and you're not button heads with the devil, you're probably headed in the wrong direction. Someone under the sound of my voice right now is going through something and you're just wishing the trip was through. And my encouragement to you is hold on. You may be in the desert right now. You may be going through one of those rough places. You may be passing through a perilous season right now. But hold on and continue seeking God and all that he has for your life. Don't let go. Don't give up. See, what we often want, we, we don't want the wise men experience of finding Christ. We want the shepherd's experience, don't we? Because it says that the wise men came from afar. They were way off 
They had to get on the camel. They had to inconvenience themselves. They had to travel across the, the, all of that region through there and for however long it took to finally get to where Jesus was. We want the shepherd experience. And the shepherd experience was, and there were on the same night in the same region, shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And suddenly there appeared a host of heavenly beings there, praising God and singing. We just want to be about our daily business. We, we want what God is doing to be right where we are. Don't we? Without inconveniencing ourselves, without setting aside to pray, without seeking actively, without fasting, without any of those things that are going to bring any inconvenience to us, we want God just to show up and say, hey, here's what's happening. But sometimes we're going to have to leave our places of comfort. We're going to have to traverse the deserts and walk through the valleys and the rocky places to follow what God is trying to do in our lives. It's not always going to be that he's going to show up in our cubicle at work and just say, hey, here's the way it is. You may not, you may not be all that thrilled about where God is leading you right now, but... Seek the Lord in this season. No matter how great the distance, no matter how long the journey, keep seeking the Lord. Keep seeking the Lord. Which leads us to point number three, and that's the thing I want to show you today, is that not everyone was supportive of the wise man's endeavor. I would like to tell you today that once you set yourself to seek the Lord, then everybody, all of your friends, all of your loved ones, all of the people from your church are just going to get behind you and they're going to shout, rah, rah, go. You know, we support you 100%. We're behind you every step of the way. But can I tell you something? When, you, when God begins doing things in your life and when God begins moving you from point A to point B and you get on that journey, can I tell you that every hindrance in the world is going to come your way? Everything, and you know, can I tell you, the, the ACLU was not the first to concern themselves with someone's celebration of Christmas. It was King Herod. Matthew tells us that when the, these wise men encountered Herod as they passed through Jerusalem looking for Jesus, that he pulls them aside. And he asks them, hey, what, what are you doing here? What are you, what's going on? What are you after? I guess it's not every day that a caravan of magi passed through the neighborhood. So the king was interested to know what was going on, what was happening. And they answered his query, they stated their business, and Matthew says that Herod was greatly troubled by what they told him. You may have a revelation from God this morning and you've set yourself to seek after that. Maybe, maybe God's placed a calling on your life. Maybe God is doing something you know, in your life that's very special right now. And if you declare that to somebody else around you, if you declare that to the right people, 
they're going to become concerned about it. It's none of their business, but they'll make it some of their business. Amen? Come on, somebody. And you think they might rejoice with you, and you think they might be ready to celebrate with you, but they're not. And it's unfortunate, and it's disappointing, but don't let it stop you. Don't let it stop you. The word says that Herod was troubled. Can I tell you that the devil may not be intimidated by what you're allowing God to do in your life right now? But if you'll get serious about seeking the Lord and finding his will for your life and being faithful to that call, it makes him nervous also. He's seen in the past what God can do with someone who's willing to go after God with their whole heart. And Herod, in this context here, he's representative of a world system that wants to hinder you from seeking the Lord. See, the devil doesn't know everything. Herod says, where is the child? I don't know where the child is. I don't know what God's getting ready to do in your life right now. The devil doesn't know what God has in store for you. He he doesn't know what God is fixing to open up for you right now. But can I tell you, if you will find it, he will seek to destroy it. That's what happened. Herod said, look, I don't know what blessing you're about to encounter, wise man. But if you'll find it and let me know where it's at, I'll come and destroy it. See, Jesus said that the enemy comes to to kill and to steal and destroy. And and Herod said, hey, guys, if if you'll find this for me, if you'll let me know where it is, I'll come and take care of it. As a matter of fact, he attempted that anyway, even not knowing as we read later on in the story. You're on a journey to seek the Lord, and the devil doesn't know what the Lord's about to do in your life. Once you find what the Lord is, once you find what the Lord wants to do, and once it's been revealed to you what the Lord has in store for you, I can tell you today the devil's going to try to take that from you. He's going to try to destroy it. But don't let that keep you from seeking Christ in your life because the Word says that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. The Word says that no word that the Lord has declared over your life is going to return to Him void. Keep on seeking Jesus. Keep on seeking Jesus. Wherever you're at, however, no matter how far away you are, no matter how close, you keep seeking. No matter how inconvenient it may be, No matter how much time or distance it requires, keep seeking. Maybe you're in a dry season. Maybe you pray and it feels like the heavens are brass and your words are just echoing and ringing back in your own ear. Keep seeking. Keep seeking. Daniel said that he set himself to understand what the Lord was doing. For 21 days, 
prayer and fasting. And on that 21st day, the messenger of the Lord came to him and said, since the very first day that you began to call on the Lord, I was headed your way, but the enemy withstood me. I'm telling you, he may be withstanding something in your life right now. Keep seeking. Breakthrough is on the way. Blessing is on the way. Favor is on the way. Abundance is on the way. There are things getting ready to break loose in your life right now. It's been on the way since you first began to seek for it. That answer, that, that thing that you've been running yourself crazy worrying about, you decided to put it in the hand of Jesus, and I'm telling you right now, it's on the way. It's on the way. The answer is on. Keep seeking Him. Christmas is a time certainly to seek fellowship with our loved ones, share warm occasions together. It is certainly a time to give gifts to those that we love. And I don't guess there's anything wrong with writing your own list of things that maybe you're seeking for, hoping for, wishing for. But in all of that, don't forget that the main reason for this season is to seek Him. It's seeking Him, pursuing Him, going after Him with your whole heart. And the word of, word of the Lord in the book of Jeremiah says, you will seek for me and you will find me when you search for me with your whole heart. Keep on seeking Him. You may have been serving the Lord for years now. Keep on seeking Him. It's still time to seek Him. The, the ink may have faded away on your church membership certificate. Keep seeking the Lord. You may feel like you're a million miles away right now. Keep seeking Him. You may be facing adversity. Keep seeking Him. It's time to seek the Lord. Would you stand? Father, I realize this morning that there are numbers of people under the sound of my voice right now, either in this room or those that are watching online. And they needed this reminder this morning. They needed to be reminded of the treasure that you are. God, that no matter their season, no matter their station in life, it's time for the people of God to seek after the things of God. And I know for some, Lord, there may be adversities in the way. They may be on a, a hard journey right now. God, I just pray that you'd give them the strength to endure. God, as I, as I look across this congregation this morning, Lord, as I see tears being wiped, 
and I see tears welling in eyes. God, I know there are those, Lord, that need just a little extra strength right now for this leg of their journey. God, I pray that you'd pour it out on their lives. God, I pray that blessing and favor would attend their way. God, every time that this journey leads them to the end of their selves, God, I pray they find the beginning of you. Every time that this journey leads them to their own weakness, God, I pray that they find your strength perfect and complete. Father, I know there are those also who are maybe listening and they just feel so far away. Encourage their hearts. God, I just pray right now that you would reveal your presence to them in a very real way. Like never before, God, I pray that you let them feel the nearness of your presence. Let them know, God, they're not as far away as they think. God, maybe there's one today that's struggling through seeming monotony. They've lost the passion. They've lost the desire, the zealousness that they once had. God, this whole affair of church and religion and Christianity, it seems like old news. God, rekindle that fire again. As David prayed, Lord, restore unto them the joy of your salvation. Restore unto us, Lord, the joy of your salvation. God, we thank you for the promise of your word. The promise of your word that says that we will find you when we seek for you with our whole heart. Help us to find you. Help us to prioritize your presence and your gift above every other and to seek after you wholeheartedly. Let us pray as the psalmist, Lord, as the deer pants for the water brook. So my soul longs after you. And Lord, we give you the praise, the glory, and all the honor. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.